This is WQA Radio, a podcast from the Water Quality Association, the leading voice of the water treatment industry. And hello, I'm your host, Wes Bleed. So the goal is to track that sale all the way back to the keyword that originally generated that inquiry. So that if you're bidding on a lot of different keywords in your Google Ads account, you know which ones are actually producing leads and sales for your business instead of just current customer inquiries or non-sales related inquiries. That's Amanda Krangle, founder of Lamplight Digital Media, talking about digital marketing for water treatment companies. And welcome to another episode of WQA Radio, news and insights about the water treatment industry. Find us at wqa.org and on social media. This is episode number 142. If you're a first-time listener, welcome. You can subscribe to the podcasts on Apple Podcasts or most popular podcast apps. You can also find a link right on the WQA homepage at wqa.org. In this episode, you'll hear from Amanda Krangle, whose company Lamplight Media is a full-service digital agency helping local water treatment companies with their digital marketing. She'll talk about the ongoing need to experiment with your digital content. Plus, we'll get a regulatory update from Kathleen Fultz, and I'll have our WQA tip. Now, on to my conversation with Amanda Krangle, an industry partner with WQA, on WQA Radio. for speaking with me. I'm really excited to uh, be helping water treatment companies with their digital marketing. We're a full-service agency, so we do everything from website development to uh, ads on Google and Facebook and Instagram. We also help clients with their reputation management, online directory listings, and then we also do some really fun stuff like split testing on websites and improving how your website converts the people who visit it into leads and sales. And we're catching up at the uh, Texas Water Quality Association Convention. Uh, So let's start by saying, what do you think the greatest need is that your clients are asking for as they come to you for help? I think by and large, most of them, uh, it's either they're not generating enough leads online for their investment in marketing to be cost effective. So basically, they're, they're not making money on their marketing. And I think the other one is that they don't know what marketing is working for them. So maybe their phone's ringing and they're getting leads, but they don't really know how to make it even better and understand what's generating those leads and where to invest their budget. So how do you help take them down the path of success? Well, I think it really comes down to a three-step process, which is to uh, track your metrics, to test different ideas and improve, and then based on what you learn to update your web presence, your ads, your website to reflect what your market wants to see. So instead of just leaving your marketing static or trying new things uh, and not tracking the results, it's obviously the best thing to do to uh, create ideas to test in the marketplace and then let your marketplace dictate what they like to see. And you can obviously track that through web form submissions and phone calls and the leads generated through your site. Now, let's talk just briefly. Can you give us an example of tracking something from start to finish? Sure. I think Google AdWords is a great place to start because it provides a lot of feedback and data that you can analyze. So, for example, if you're running Google Ads and you're bidding on a lot of different keywords... 
people do searches on search engine and if your keyword is triggered by their search your ad will appear they click on the ad they go to your site and if all goes well they fill out a form or they call you they become a lead and then at the end they become a sale right so the goal is to track that sale all the way back to the keyword that originally generated that inquiry so that if you're bidding on a lot of different keywords in your Google Ads account you know which ones are actually producing leads and sales for your business instead of just current customer inquiries or non-sales related inquiries and I do have to ask this there are some people I've heard say well I don't ever pay attention to the Google Ads. If I'm doing a search, I just look at the actual organic search results. And, and so, I guess, what is your assessment of how often the, the ad is clicked on versus the organic result? Uh, well, every business is different. There's actually a very simple report you can look at in Google Analytics called the Paid versus Organic Report. So you can actually see with search terms, you know, who who clicked on your ad versus who clicked on an organic link. Um, so you can actually tell that pretty easily. But I can tell you that 80% typically for the average um, client that we work with, uh, their leads are coming from paid advertising either through Google or Facebook. So even though uh, there are people who do click on your organic link, which is great because that saves you money, there's still a huge amount that are going to be going through Google Ads. It's very important. Okay, good. Now, uh, one thing that I was uh, impressed by was the the idea of split testing that you were talking about in our session today having to do with landing pages was uh, very impressive and I think quite helpful. So could you kind of give us an overview on that? Sure. So whenever you create a website or a page on your website, you're basically assuming that the way you created that page is exactly what your target market wants to see. And although we all have good ideas, at the end of the day, what's most important is what is relevant to your local market and to your ideal prospects. And the only way to know that is to test ideas. And so the idea of split testing on landing pages is to take uh, two variations of a page, say, for example, a water softener page, and maybe you want to test out two different contact forms to see which one actually generates more form submissions and leads and phone calls if you have a number on the page, um, or maybe a, a value proposition or headline. And so you test those two pages against each other, and uh, you know 50% of the traffic would go to one page, 50% to the other, and then you'd measure the overall conversions. And you want to look at that at a statistically significant level so that you're absolutely sure that regardless of outside variables, that one page would be the other page if you, you, know, if you do have a winner. Um, our company looks at a 90% plus statistical significance so that we're absolutely sure when we determine a winner that that's going to uh, stay that way. And so you can look at uh, what's going on in your marketplace by testing those different headlines and different uh, forms and uh, addressing different needs or issues in the market uh, related to water quality, and you can really learn what's most important to your visitors that way. It's just a very simple and effective way to build a relationship with your market, show more of what they like and less of what they don't like. And then last, I think it's important for people to understand what they should be seeing on a month-to-month -month basis from whoever is doing their marketing for them, if it's a formal agency or if they've hired somebody part-time or whatever it might be, what should they be looking for and at? Yeah, I think that's a great question because at the end of the day, um, what most matters is 
leads in sales for water treatment companies. And so the metrics that you want to look at to know if a company is doing a good job for you with their marketing, uh, you have to know how many people are visiting your site because that's how you're going to calculate your website's conversion rate. So a conversion rate is, uh, say, if you have 100 people visiting your site and 10 people contact you, you've got a 10% website conversion rate. So if a company is doing a, a good job at constantly improving and testing and reflecting back to the market what they want to see, your conversion rate should be increasing. So your traffic may go up or down, but if the conversion rate is getting better over time, that's a really good indicator that your marketing company is doing a good job. The other one is your cost per, uh, per, per contact or cost per lead. And by cost, it's really important to include all costs. So that would be what you're spending with your marketing agency, what you're spending on Google ads, Facebook ads, Instagram. If you're paying for call tracking numbers, basically any cost that you are investing in online should be lumped together in this. And then you take that number and divide it by your leads. You'll get an accurate cost per lead. Now, if you're split testing, split testing is the most powerful way to increase the percentage of people who are becoming leads from your current traffic. So if you're split testing well and you're constantly optimizing your traffic and your conversion, then you're going to get more leads for less money over time. And of course, there's going to be fluctuations um, or seasonality, but the goal is to see overall trends in the right direction. So I would say traffic, your conversion rate, your, your cost per lead or your cost per contact on your website, um, and your total contacts is important, too, to understand uh, how many current customers and how many leads are coming through your site. Amanda, this is great, uh, and I, as I mentioned, it was just a small portion of the data and the information that we got from your session here at the TWQA convention, so I appreciate it. Amanda Krangel, the founder of LamplightDigitalMedia.com, joining us on WQA Radio. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Wes. I appreciate it. This is Kathleen Fultz, WQA's Global Regulatory and Government Affairs Manager, with your regulatory update. In D.C., the House and Senate remain in conference resolving differences in the National Defense Authorization Act for 2020. This includes differences for provisions on PFAS. The Senate is looking at the EPA to set MCL levels for PFOA and PFOS, requiring reporting for these chemicals released in the toxic release inventory, and end most uses of these chemicals by military and firefighting foams. The House is also looking at designating these chemicals as hazardous substances, requiring permits for discharge under the Clean Water Act, and ending all uses of these chemicals by the military and firefighting foam. For our industry, the EPA action plan includes recommendations to use point-of-use and point-of-entry devices as remediation methods. You can read both versions of the bill on our monthly bills list on WQA.org under Government Affairs. I'm Kathleen Fultz for WQA Radio. And now our WQA tip. Remember, you can help stop counterfeit water filters. If you see or know of suspicious filters, head on over to the WQA homepage, wqa.org. At the bottom of the page, you'll see the link to the National Intellectual Property Rights Coordination Center, which you can click on and be taken to a page to report a counterfeit filter. Thanks for helping in this ongoing effort. Thanks for listening to WQA Radio, news and insights about residential, commercial, and industrial water treatment. Remember, you can subscribe to WQA Radio on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. 
Just search for WQA Radio, then hit subscribe. Each new podcast will appear in your podcast catcher or podcast player automatically each week. That's the magic of podcasting. And be sure to rate and review the podcast as well. Learn more about water at WQA.org and learn more about WQA product certification, professional certification, and how you can become a member at WQA.org. This is Wes Bleed. So long from WQA Radio.